MOCQ. Radio Emma Talk. This is the Radio Emma Talk World Service. Ladies and gentlemen, willkommen beim Radio Emma Talk World Service. Namaste, good morning, good afternoon or good evening. Aap jahan kahin bhi sun rahe hain, aap sabka Radio Emma Talk World Service pe swagat hai. Wherever you are, you're with Radio Emma Talk. There may be some atmospherics, there may be some there may be some jamming. There may be some oscillation. Woo! But hang on, CQ, we're just going to And now for the next 30 minutes, the Radio Amateur World Service presents the Alatra Report, our friends in radio and contact. This is Radio Amateur. Hello and welcome to the Radio Amateur World Service, edition number 12 for April 2021. This is Jim Salmon and I'm pleased to be back with you for another of our regular monthly programs looking at radio-related topics. We're starting with the Electro Report, where I'm considering the age-old question, were radio stations better in days gone by and what makes a good program? And then we're following that with a new feature in Our Friends in Radio, where I'm asking colleagues to reveal their radio journey past, present and future. And today, I'm very pleased to be interviewing my good friend Tony Smith, founder and station manager of Angel Radio. I can promise you a fascinating chat with Tony, who has a wealth of experience and knowledge, particularly in the field of community radio here in the UK. We've also once again had a lovely response to our last programme, so we'll be saying hello to you if you've been in contact with us. As normal, our World Service programme is here for 30 minutes, and if you're listening to one of our one-hour transmission slots, then we're following this show with another of our vintage music programmes, The Wireless Years. Don't forget you can listen again to all of our programmes simply by visiting our website at emmatalk.com. And we're always pleased to hear from you by email at emmatalk1922 at gmail.com. So, with all that said, if you are all sitting comfortably, then I will begin. Wherever you are, you're with Radio Emma Talk. Sie hören den Radio Emma Talk World Service auf Kurzwelle, Mittelwelle, UKW und online. Sie können unser Programm jeden Monat über unsere Sendepartner in Deutschland, Finnland, den USA und Neuseeland hören. Wir freuen uns auf Ihre Empfangsberichte sowie Ihre Anmerkungen zum Programm. Schicken Sie Ihre E-Mail bitte an emmatalk1922 at gmail.com. Noch einmal emmatalk1922 in einem geschrieben, also emmatalk1922 at gmail.com. Next on the Radio Amatok World Service, the Electro Report. This is Radio Amatok. Today, following a recent discussion with a fellow broadcaster, I'm posing the question, what makes for a good, enjoyable radio programme and were stations better in the past? I have a few colleagues who now operate very successful and original community radio stations and I'm sure some of them would be happy to admit that many years ago, probably over 30 years ago, they dabbled in operating unlicensed stations on shortwave or FM. Of course, this made them prone to the inevitable raid from the licensing authorities when all equipment could be seized and fines issued on those involved. 
Not all such enforcements were confrontational. In fact, some stations had a good rapport with the DTI, the government organisation of the time, here in the UK, in charge of policing the airwaves. And I recall one station had a poster on their studio wall effectively telling presenters that in the event of a raid, they were to first offer the authorities a cup of tea and then help them carry their equipment to the official's van. The inevitable raid did indeed occur, and afterwards that station's organisers were advised by the authorities to apply for one of the new trial community, or access as it was known then, licences. They did apply, and went on to set up one of the most successful and inspirational community stations here in the UK. I occasionally meet up with friends from community stations, and whilst we can talk for hours about their achievements in radio with pride and affection, there always seems to be a glint in our eyes when we refer back to earlier unlicensed days. I'm sure we'd have to admit that what they've been able to achieve under the current licensed system far outweighs what would have been possible when operating as a pirate station. But is it possible that there was just a touch more fun in those earlier days? Was it the risk factor? Was it the fact that we didn't have to worry about paperwork and complying with regulations? Programmes seemed to be exciting, spontaneous and just a bit more fun. The same can be said for the much larger offshore pirate stations of the 1960s, 70s and 80s. Given choice and freedom, I doubt any of them would have actually chosen to operate from ships in the rough, inhospitable North Sea. However, in those days of restrictions, there was no choice. Of course, this inadvertently resulted in a different style of programming, where the listener became aware of, and sympathised with, the struggles faced by presenters, sometimes marooned on a rusty ship for months on end, for the simple purpose of providing us with an alternative music radio service. We shared their trials and tribulations and felt closer to the station because we were aware of the risks and sacrifices being made. So do we still have the fun from earlier days? Obviously radio has come a long way in 30 years and I'm not advocating a return to those early days of unlicensed broadcasting, but it is interesting to look back and try and find a way to recapture some of the excitement and energy from that time past in our current radio projects. So, what makes a good programme? For me, listening to the radio has different appeals. A friendly voice, interesting or humorous information, new ideas and cultures, the technical fascination of receiving a signal from the other side of the world, new music, These are the essence of a good station or programme. The illegality of an unlicensed station or the spontaneity of earlier days may be difficult to recapture, but we can still include most of the correct ingredients that make up a good, fun programme. We now have the ability to establish community stations, which by their local or community-based nature are able to forge close links and nurture close interaction with their listeners. Perhaps operating on shortwave helps provide an atmosphere and style of listening that you simply do not get elsewhere. Shortwave listeners tend to have a greater understanding of the journey from transmitter to receiver, and those who operate shortwave transmitters have to face some of the same trials as broadcasters from years ago. This can make for a closer link 
between shortwave stations and their listeners. Maybe the most important point is to create an empathy between station and listener, a close bond where we appreciate and understand each other. Perhaps we are still making exciting, fun and spontaneous programmes now, and possibly our glamorous view of days past, when we often wear rose-tinted spectacles, is an inaccurate recollection. Someone who was heavily involved with the offshore stations of the 1960s once said to me, we never thought we'd be still talking about this 50 years later. It's funny how we often don't realise that we're actually living in a golden age now, and in decades ahead, we'll look back to now and say how good this was. Maybe the good programmes are still here with us today, we just don't always take time to appreciate how good our radio choices are. Community stations, shortwave stations, even some of the mainstream stations are providing us with an incredible choice and diversity, and within all that, there is still excitement, fun and spontaneity. So from my original question of what makes for a good, enjoyable radio programme and were stations better in the past, after a little bit of a ramble around the houses, my conclusion is the ingredients for a good programme are fun, excitement, information and empathy between station and listener. And maybe stations were not necessarily better in the past. Actually, programmes are as good today as they've always been. Maybe different, but definitely still as good. So let's make sure we appreciate our radio world of now. In 20 years, we'll likely be looking back at this as a golden age. Let's make the most of it today. It's just a pity about the paperwork that goes with legality. And maybe, just sometimes, our inner child still likes the idea of being a pirate. Radio Emma Talk. Radio Emma Talk. Radio Emma Talk. This is Radio Emma Talk. Next on the Radio Emma Talk World Service, our friends in radio. This is Radio Emma Talk. And this month in our friends in radio, we start a new series of virtual interviews where we invite colleagues to answer seven questions to reveal their radio journey, past, present and future. I'm delighted to start this series by chatting with my good friend Tony, founder of one of the most unique and inspirational community radio stations here in the UK, Angel Radio. Let's start by asking Tony to introduce himself. Hello Jim, my name's Tony, Tony Smith, and I'm in a little town just north of Portsmouth in the south of England. Okay Tony, can you describe your first radio memory? Ah, that's a good question. What is my first radio memory? Um, I think probably uh, a Bakelite radio, square, bush Bakelite radio with a speaker at one side and a tuning dial, a big tuning dial at the other side, uh, in a cupboard out of my reach when I was little, uh, probably about seven or eight years old, and I was allowed on a Saturday to listen to children's favourites. That's my first radio memory. Excellent. And my next question, Tony, is... What stations or events got you interested in radio? Ah, 
the stations that got me interested in radio. Well, Radio Luxembourg was probably the first, which uh, I used to listen to on a little pocket-sized transistor radio uh, under the bedclothes, as just about everybody else did. Then I got a VHF radio, which could tune into the police. And uh, I used to spend hours listening to uh, the police, um, stolen bicycles, chasing burglars, that sort of thing. And then Radio Caroline, Radio London, Radio 390, Radio Essex, they all came on the scene. Uh, what we used to call free radio stations, what uh, they're better known as as pirate stations. Those were the stations that got me interested in radio. Thank you, Tony. And I'm putting my seven radio questions to reveal all to Tony Smith, long-time radio enthusiast and broadcaster, here on the Radio Amatoc World Service Programme. So, Tony, what was your first radio hands-on experience? Ah, what was my first radio hands-on experience? Well, when I was 13, I built a radio transmitter that broadcast on the medium wave. And at school, the uh, children at school used to bring in their transistor radios. And at lunchtime, I would run home and I would play records for them uh, on my transmitter. Uh, then I helped out several radio stations. I did the medium wave transmitter service for Radio Eric um, I did Black Flag Radio. Uh, these were, would have been in the 70s. And uh, then uh, I started my own pirate station called Angel Radio. OK, Angel Radio, which I guess, as you will hear, becomes a long-running theme in Tony's story. My next question, Tony, tell us about your radio life now. My life now is entirely taken up by radio. Um, I started, as I mentioned earlier, started Angel Radio as a pirate station. And um, after running it for three years, having two raids by the uh, radio authorities, um, we decided to close down and try and start a radio station legally, uh, which we did. Uh, in 1999, we did the very first proper broadcast of Angel Radio, which was playing old music from the 1920s to the 1950s, and uh, with old presenters in their 60s, 70s, 80s, um, and it was especially for older people. At that time, the only way you could get on the radio, apart from being a pirate, of course, uh, was if you were the BBC or commercial radio. But there were these little licences which allowed you on the air for 28 days at a time, twice a year. So uh, that's what we did, 28 days at a time, twice a year. And when I was reading one of the licences, I discovered a loophole which said you can go on the air for 28 days at a time, uh, twice a year, from your location. So I thought, supposing we had two or three locations. I wonder whether we could uh, get on the air for longer. So that's what we did. We kept uh, using those licences, 28 days, but changing our location. 
So we broadcast from Portsmouth, uh, from the Isle of Wight, from uh, London, um, and um, we, we did lots of these licences and, and proved that it didn't matter where you were broadcasting to, there's older people everywhere and um, it, the, a station like ours was needed. Then in uh, 2002, I was approached by the Radio Authority, which of course is now part of Ofcom, um, and they said, would you like to run your station on a permanent basis uh, for a year to test the feasibility and viability of a small community group like yours uh, running a full-time radio station? So I said yes. We were on the air within a couple of weeks and the one-year experiment ran into four years and at the end of that four years um, it had proved to be successful and the radio authority which by then had become part of Ofcom uh, began issuing full-time community radio licenses and uh, we are the longest running uh, community radio station seeing as uh, we came on the air four years before the uh, licenses were actually being issued and nowadays we broadcast uh, to many many cities in the UK including London and Glasgow and Cambridge lots of places and uh, it is a full-time job. It certainly is. I've known Tony for over 25 years and his dedication and commitment to Angel Radio is outstanding. Let's have a quick listen to the sound of Angel Radio 89.3 We wake you up in the morning We keep you on the go We're your company in the evening And at night when the lights are low Angel Radio 89.3 Your constant companion Remember And this is the Radio Amatoc World Service, and I'm chatting in a virtual way to my good friend Tony Smith, radio enthusiast and founder of Angel Radio. My penultimate question to Tony is, what has been your most memorable radio event? Oh, that's a good question. What has been my most memorable radio event? Um... I suppose some of our awards have been uh, really good to achieve. In uh, 2009, uh, we were the first radio station to receive the Queen's Award, which is the equivalent of the MBE, and uh, we spent the day at Buckingham Palace. Um, in 2002, I was the Daily Mail's unsung hero of the year and spent the day with Prince Charles. And in 2014, the Radio Academy voted us best radio station serving its listeners in the south of England. So I suppose those are pretty memorable. Yes, agree with you there, Tony. And all I can say is very well deserved. So coming to the end of this virtual interview and looking ahead, 
Tony, what radio achievements are you still striving for or looking forward to? Oh, what radio achievements are we striving for? Well, um, I'm hoping at some point to get a national radio licence so that uh, we can broadcast to everybody in the UK. Uh, We are, of course, on the internet, so everybody in the UK can hear us, but I don't class that as being proper radio. Proper radio is where you have a wireless set, you turn it on, you can take it between room to room, and uh, everybody uh, can listen. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Tony, for a wonderful insight into your radio journey and the present life now of Angel Radio. And I'm sure many listeners will agree with your views on proper radio on a wireless set. Good luck with your plans for a national licence. And in the meantime, Angel Radio can be heard across the globe online on DAB and DAB Plus in the UK in West Sussex, Hampshire, the Isle of Wight, Aldershot, Birmingham, Brighton, Bristol, Cambridge, Glasgow, London, Norwich and Woking and on 89.3 MHz FM in Portsmouth, Gosport, Hailing Island, Havant, Emsworth and beyond. For further details visit www.angelradio.co.uk Next month, I'm looking forward to welcoming my friend Martin Kirby from Waterlooville near Portsmouth, founder of The Flash, where real music lives. Hier ist der Radio Emma Talk World Service. Für weitere Informationen bleiben Sie eingeschaltet oder besuchen Sie unsere Webseite www.emmatalk.com. Danke fürs Zuhören. Next on the Radio Emma Talk World Service contact. This is Radio Emma Talk. So, time now to say hello to friends and colleagues, and first I'd like to send greetings to members of the European DX Council, and say thank you for inviting me to talk at your recent online meeting. It was good to share radio thoughts with you, and I look forward to meeting you in person at one of your future conferences. Also, I'd like to thank Thomas Volkner for providing some of our new German language voiceovers, and thanks also to Ralph Bender for including video of us on his YouTube channel. Ihre Interessen sind Kurzwellen- und Mittelwellenradio, Logins, Utility-Stationen, Amateurfunk und mehr? Dann besuchen Sie doch mal meinen YouTube-Kanal Ralf Bender Shortwave Radio Channel auf youtube.com slash ralfbender. Ich wiederhole, youtube.com slash ralfbender. Danke und hoffentlich bis bald, Ihr Ralf Bender. Welcome to Ralph Bender's YouTube shortwave radio channel. Let's say hello now to Shivandu Paul in West Bengal, India, and send greetings to all members of the Matali Listeners Club, and congratulations on your recent Listeners Meet and DX exhibition. Thanks for the photos of the event, and it looks like the day was enjoyable and successful in promoting our DX hobby. Also, thank you, Shivandu, for your reception report for online SDR listening on 9955 kHz via Radio Miami International. Also tuned in to another of WRMI's frequencies, 5950 kHz, via an online SDR in New York, we say hello to Kunihiro Yamazaki in Aichiken, Japan. 
and I'm pleased that you enjoyed our music programme, The Wireless Years. And in answer to your question, Kunihiro, yes, we do occasionally receive listening reports from Japan, for which we are very grateful, and always welcome more from Japan or indeed any part of the globe. Thanks for your report, and I hope you continue to tune in. Staying with transmissions from WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, we've received another bumper set of reports for our relays on 5950 and 9955 kHz. So, hello to Richard Lemke in Alberta, Canada, tuning in to our various transmission times throughout the month. Also, hello to Kevin Enns, also from Alberta, tuned in to 5950 kHz. And staying in Canada, greetings to Alain Therio, listening on the same frequency and getting a strong signal. Well, Alain, good to have you listening and also good to make contact from our home QTH of Chelmsford in Essex in the UK to you in Chelmsford in the Sudbury district of Ontario, Canada. Glad you enjoyed the programme. Jumping far southwest now and hello to Jim Lee, who is hopefully listening to this show whilst driving over the jungle muddy roads of Hilo in Hawaii, whilst dodging the bugs, roaches and flying termites. Jim downloads us to his smartphone and then Bluetooths the program to his pickup truck's audio, which is quite a change from earlier days in the 1980s when he used to tune the shortwaves on his Sony 2010. Well, I hope this doesn't distract you from your driving, Jim, and it's good to see you using all of today's technologies to hear us over 7,000 miles away. And I'm glad we've helped you get back into the shortwave hobby. And returning to WRMI transmissions, let's say hello to David Steens in Olathe, Kansas, USA, tuning in on his XH Data 808 with an MLA 30 plus antenna. To Dave Dufault in Indianapolis, returning to the hobby after a long break and enjoying the Wireless Years music half hour. Well, I hope you're listening again today, Dave, as we've got another Wireless Years show coming up if you're listening to one of our one-hour transmission slots. Lots more emails in from across the USA from listeners tuned in to 5950 or 9955 kHz via WRMI. So, hello to Mark McKenzie in Nashville, Tennessee, Joe Domaleski in Atlanta, Eric Tesma in Pennsylvania, Jake Brodsky in Woodbine, Maryland, Stephen Powell in Central, South Carolina, Greg Chillingurian in Coastal, New Jersey, Gordon Lyle in Johnston City, Southern Illinois, Chris Harper in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mike Igo in Lexington, Kentucky, Josh Gumila in the Northwoods of Minnesota, Dylan Dobsovich in Bunnell, Florida, and Joe Pecci in New Market, Virginia. To all of you, as always, apologies for my pronunciation, and many thanks for your reports and recordings and your kind comments. So, jumping back across the pond now, and let's say hello to listeners to Channel 292 on 6070 and 9670 kHz, and Scandinavian Weekend Radio on their various shortwave, medium wave and FM frequencies. First, hello to Kari Kallio in Lati, Finland, enjoying our extracts from Radio Sweden's The Saturday Show. Hello to Sandro Blatter in Romanshorn, Switzerland, radio listening for 50 years now. Thanks for your reports and recordings. To Belgorod in Russia and greetings to Pavel Ivanov. And to the Ukraine and hello to Kostyantin Pravatorov. 
And again, thanks for the reports and the recordings. And finally, closer to home, we're back in the UK to say hello to Darren Davies, out walking amongst the sheep and the wind turbines in County Durham. And many thanks, Darren, for the video of your miniature Belka DX receiver. What an amazing piece of equipment. Hello also to Alan Dean. Good to hear from you again, Alan, and tuned in to 9670kHz on an Eaton Satellite 750 in Lancashire. And finally, greetings to Patrick Travers, enjoying good memories of the Saturday show in our last programme and noticing a resemblance between my voice and that of a certain Jim Douglas from 30 years ago. Well, Patrick, I'm certainly looking 30 years older, but maybe my voice is still the same. And that, my friends, has to bring us to the end of this month's World Service, otherwise I'll be bumping into the next programme. As always, thank you for listening, thank you for emailing, and thank you for supporting us. Don't forget you can listen again via our website, emmatoc.com, that's E-M-M-A-T-O-C dot com. You can email us at emmatoc1922 at gmail.com, and you can catch us again via the shortwaves next month. Stay tuned for the wireless years if you're tuned into one of our one-hour time slots. And until the next time, this is Jim Salmon wishing you all the best, happy listening, take care, and goodbye. (laughs) 